NEI Hoops Report, the number one rated NEI basketball coverage in the world, is proud to present the Road to Muni podcast with Junior and Pat. Hello, NEI Hoops Nation, and uh, happy Halloween to everybody out there. Your season's far from over, even in a, in a shortened 28-game season. So, um, you know, those teams are sitting at 0-1 or 0-2 right now. Uh, you know, still plenty of time to figure it out. There's, you know, like everybody, everybody, you know, you want to be playing your best basketball come February, no matter what. Um, and then let the cards play out from there. But uh, certainly some good teams that are, I think are even out there that, um, you know, have a lot of new faces out there and, and uh, they struggled in the opening weekend and, and it'll be interesting to see how they, they build upon it because some teams, you know, when they get hit in the mouth early, uh, you, you only have two ways to go. You can quit and just, uh, you know, pout and, and, and let the season, the you know, go downhill or continue to go downhill. Or, you know, you can learn from that opening weekend. And, and whether you're 0-1 or 1-1 or 0-2, and even if you're 2-0, and you know, if you're undefeated right now, uh, take what you learned from this weekend and then continue to move forward. Because those teams that can move forward, uh, no matter what the situation uh, after this opening week, um, you know, and what, whatever your record is this opening week, those teams that are able to move forward and grow and learn and come together are the ones going to be, uh, probably contending for for national tournament uh, spots here at the end of the year. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You learn a lot about the leadership of your program and what kind of guys you have early in the season, especially you think of a team like William Jessup. You lose a, a tough game early in the season. And, you know, how do you respond, right? What kind of, you know, resolve do you have? Are you going to get yourself off the mat and kind of move forward? Are, are your seniors going to rally the troops? Are you going to pull guys together and say, hey, look, kind of like you just said, we're not. We're certainly not happy that we lost, but look, we just got to move on, right? We got league play coming up. We just got to focus on that. We're going to put this behind us, and we're just going to keep moving forward, or we can continue to dwell on, you know, this loss and feel sorry for ourselves and and kind of, you know, sulk and, and not move forward and, and let the season spiral out of control. So I think a lot of it, like you said, is a lot of new faces. It's a lot of new guys trying to figure out how to still play with one another. But it, it, you got to rely on those guys that have been there for two, three, four years at this point. Some guys even five, right, where it's, you, you got to lean heavily on those guys. I, I think you're at the point now in the season, kind of you've made your way through preseason, and you honestly get a little bit of sick of the coach's voice, right? So you got to have voices outside of the head coach who can kind of get guys in line, keep guys together, and it's so important, and it's so important – you think of a team like Oregon Tech, who heard us say it last week on the podcast, we're going to you know, grow this game out west. And we talk about Arizona Christian, and we talk about William Jessup, and we talk about College Idaho. And Oregon Tech says, you better put some respect on our name, right? Because we're out here west too, and we can certainly play. But how do they respond, right? Do they kind of celebrate and they focus on this big win, or do they continue to keep their head down, keep working, and move forward as you enter into league play? So, yeah, it's a great point that, that you make where – you learn a lot about your team early in the season, how they respond from their first weekend. Well, and as we as we talk about the road to Muni, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, if 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 you're you're probably not going to be on a road to Muni, even if you're you're uh, winning games right now. If this is the best part of your season, because why why every game is important and, and winning games is always fun and things like that. If if your number one highlight from the entire season is from opening weekend, you're in trouble. You know, so yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we, we always said, you know, don't let the highs get too high. Don't let the lows get too low. And 
Um, you know, we try to tell our players back when I was actually coaching that, uh, um, you know, that, that's something that if you can continue to do that throughout this entire season, you set yourself up for, for pretty good success because there are going to be highs and lows throughout the entire season. And it's like we just talked about, how you handle that from there is, is uh, what separates those teams that are going to go play for league championships and, and national championships and stuff like that. You know, uh, just to kind of let our, our uh, games of the week and stuff like that, um, you know, awesome week and way to start. Three three uh, top 25 matchups on Saturday. Game of the week, um, you know, was that just the Oregon Tech game? Uh, you know, Oregon Tech's really, really good. And I, I even said that, you know, uh, that they were probably the Vegas favorites, even though, you know, NEI doesn't have uh, Vegas lines. But, uh, but uh, you know, they probably were the favorites going into that game. I mean, playing at Danny Miles Court and, and uh, um, you know, playing at Oregon Tech and, and the crowd and the environment um, this early in the year, uh, it's hard to prepare for. I mean, it, you know, don't get me wrong, William Jessup is coming off a big-time year, uh, you know, going all the way to the NEI uh, uh, quarterfinals last year. Uh, but just a team that, you know, they, they have probably top five, top ten NEI talent. Uh, but a lot of the role guys that uh, they had from last year that kind of set the tone and made them who they were are the ones that they have new guys filling those roles this year. I think if William Jessup is going to be successful, uh, you know, some of their new guys they have, the, the Xavier Lovelace and, and, and people like that, as soon as they, uh, you know, start re- start playing into that role, uh, Jessup's going to be really, really good. So I think they're going to be fine. Um, I really like that team and, and things like that. But Oregon Tech is just, you know, Justin Parnell does a really, really good job. Coaching, um, you know, it's a, it's a situation where they have some great tradition, obviously. But um, even with some of their senior leadership that they lost last year, you know, a lot of their, their senior leaders had been there for five years, came back for a fifth year last year. Um, and they lost, I think, I believe five or six of those guys uh, coming into this year. And, and their guys, uh, you know, they're, they're two sophomores that they have. Uh, and Jake O'Neill and Keegan Shivers, uh, two guys that uh, uh, really are, are just a staple for that program. And uh, while they have some new faces playing well already, um, this Oregon Tech team, you know, you know, I don't want to say that they're stock riser maybe because they, they have, uh, you know, they're a top 25 team, but certainly a team that's going to jump up the rankings if they can continue to play well uh, through all the way through that new rankings or when the new rankings come out. Yeah, and I think one thing that we talked about last week as well was how the new rankings have changed, right? Where I think we talk about strength of schedule and we talk a little bit more about the eye test, right? And we talk a little bit more about kind of who these teams actually are. And so that goes back to the point of this game, not that the wins and losses early in the season don't matter, but they don't matter as much, right? Or, or there's not as much riding on one game or two games where we have these new rankings where teams are taken for what they are, not for, you know, what the stats might say or what the records might say. And we can get... We'll have the discussion later in the season about automatic bids and number of teams and leagues and all of that. But I, I think it's important to now just to kind of, yeah, focus on who these teams are at this moment and what they can be. And kind of it's going to be interesting to see how these teams evolve, right, and how these pieces continue to fit together. And I think we see so much transferring now, even at the NAIA level, where the roles, yeah, just might slightly change. They just might slightly, you know, tweak or – one guy that was maybe an alpha somewhere is now not so much of an alpha or maybe has to become the alpha. And it's just the dynamics can be a little bit off. And so, yeah, I think water for these really good teams will find its level, but it's just, it can go south really fast if it doesn't. Oregon Tech did take that uh, game 95 to 76. Uh, they got, uh, they were led by Eric Frazier. 
uh, who, who put up 25 points in that game. Uh, Joey Potts uh, came up came up big as well at 19. If you read that article, you know this Oregon Tech team uh, probably has about eight nine guys that can start for them. And so, uh, you know, we were talking about roles too, but uh, um, yeah, certainly guys that uh, uh, are certainly a deep team that uh, can make a lot of noise, and, and they're going to be a fun team to watch for us. Get kind of moving around here uh, to a different game. Uh, Indiana Tech, Indiana Wesleyan, uh, you know, big Indiana game. Uh, games that, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, <laughs> Indiana Wesleyan had Indiana Tech's numbers. So, um, yeah. so certainly, uh, you know, when you talk about Indiana, when you talk about uh, Indiana Tech and, and uh, you know, you talk about uh, Rob Stein and Grant Smith and, and uh, uh, everybody that came back for, for uh, Josh Klein, who all came back for a fifth year, um, this is why that why they came back, you know, they, not just to be Indiana Wesleyan, but to come back and make noise and and have a great campaign and then make you know they want to win a a WAC championship and and uh, compete for a national championship and uh, this is a, a group that had lost something like that Blake Davidson led them uh, with seventeen points, uh, also grabbed seven rebounds. Uh, they had four guys in double figures in that one, um, but yeah, just a, a really good showing by Indiana Tech in that one to, to finally get over the hill and, and knock off Indiana Wesleyan. Yeah, and Grant Smith gets his revenge, right? A guy that started at Wesleyan and, and kind of worked his way over to Indiana Tech. And certainly, yeah, probably a, a big, you know, weight off of his shoulders. Uh, Wesleyan has certainly owned this matchup, like you said, for the last few years. But if you're Wesleyan, you need more offensively, right? you got to score more than 59 points. You need a little bit more out of Seth Maxwell, only three rebounds. It's not going to get it done, right? You got to assert yourself, fouled out. You know, you just need a little bit more than than what you got there that in that matchup. You got to be able to the the offense has to be more high powered, especially in a league like the Crossroads League, where they like to get up and down and they like to score a bunch of points. You got to have a little more firepower offensively. Uh, moving into that third game, uh, third ring game, uh, top twenty five matchup. Um, this one was this one. Uh, you know, it's, it's it was fun to watch. Uh, science and arts is here because on paper they they have a lot of talent they got a lot of new guys they they lost uh the national or they lost some of the uh, sack player of the year last year um lost their best their backcourt um so they had a lot to replace and and so you know a lot of these teams were seeing for the first time on the floor together and uh you know i think science and arts is another team that's gonna be fun, just fine too but uh going to play in a very very tough place uh playing oklahoma wesleyan uh the drovers uh just couldn't get really – they got down early, couldn't get over the hill, and uh, ended up losing that one 83-70. Um, you know, it's it's uh, Jane Lesky, all, the All-American, um, ended up with the night with 28 points uh, on two – or, sorry, uh, 28 points. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that uh, science and arts uh, – hold on a second. I'm going to butcher this name, but I'm going to try to – I'm going to get it anyway. You know, as good of a night that Jaden Lesky had, the All-American big man, uh, you know, Science and Arts really missed uh, Rory Pantelet, uh, their 6'10 big man, who, who had a big-time year last year. Um, he's a big big man transfer from uh, Troy, uh, was at Science and Arts last year, had a good year. Um, anytime you're losing a 6'10 guy in, in the paint and, and you're going up against a big man that's an All-American, uh, you know, it's it's never a good case. And Jaden Lesky took full advantage going out for 28 points. So, um you know, another fun game between two teams that like to get up and down. But two teams I think you, you could end up seeing in Kansas City as well. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. Kind of early in the, in the season, 
taking advantage of things on the inside, right? Sometimes it's a little bit hard to find your rhythm offensively or, or you know, things are still new, right? We've talked at length on this podcast already about new faces and, and finding roles. And if, if you win in doubt, go rebound, right? And that's where you kind of are able to make things happen. If you your offense might be a little out of sorts, and I mean, you know, maybe you get a missed shot and, and you're not really executing offensively as, as you want, you just go get the miss and you go put it back, right? Easier said than done, but if you can kind of make things happen that way, that's how you kind of get yourself going, right? That's how you, you find your rhythm offensively, and that might spark things. And we, we talked about lighting a spark. That's how you do it, right? It, and things are still new. Things are still fresh, but rebounding and defending never changes. And so those are two ways to kind of get your rhythm back. Defense turns into offense, the old adage, right? So I think that's important. You bring up a good point, and you look at the rebounding numbers in that 45 to 32, Science and Arch just dominated on the boards. And so that's the difference right there. Uh, I, I know that Coach Chris Francis will get that corrected as well. Uh, so many good coaches around the NEI, and we'll, we'll try to talk to many of them. Uh, unfortunately, we won't have one on this podcast just because we uh, we had one that had to go take their kids out trick-or-treating, which we fully uh, endorsed, so we we're glad they were able to go out. Uh, you are stuck talking or listening to Pat and I on this one. I'll keep it short, but uh, try not to punish you too much, make your earbuds bleed. Um, I know that mostly that just comes from Pat anyway. So <laughs> great opening week, and we could, we could talk about and dissect every game. Um, but I do want to do a new segment here, Pat. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun one uh, every week that people can, can uh, tune into, um, and, and that's just our, our stock risers. You know, our, our people that are maybe a player or a league or, or a team that uh, is coming off a big-time week where their stock uh, is going way up. You know, it's something that we can look at, look on in each week and uh, just give us some, some attention to the people that deserve it. So, uh, Pat, with that in mind, the player or a team or anybody that you uh, went on to put on the stock risers report? Yeah, so this is a guy that we talked a lot about last year but didn't get mentioned on the first episode of this season was Riley Minix. Right, who had 41 and 22 over the weekend and is as legitimate as a national player of the year contender as you're going to find in the country. And so he just deserves some recognition, a little bit of a shout out, because he is one of those guys, again, him and, and Seth Maxwell and Grant Smith now at this point are, are you know, in, in the running for guys that feel like they've been in the NEI for about 15 years. And so Riley Minix certainly deserves. Um, his stop was already high, but it is going to continue to get even higher. And so his campaign for National Player of the Year started this weekend and certainly is off to a hot start. Another one we mentioned earlier was Oregon Tech, who, like we said, you know, we talked about how this game is growing out west. They deserve to be mentioned in every single breath from here on out about teams that are a force to be reckoned with out west. And another team who had two really big wins over the weekend who always is pretty consistent, but I think is looking to get a little bit more back on track is Carroll. So Carroll has been historically good and just two really good wins over the weekend. Um, and then another team that took a tough loss over the weekend, but also had a win was Indiana, Indiana University of South Bend. IUSB brought in four really good new players led by John Barney, who was a transfer from Lincoln. I think Lincoln closed. He's six foot nine, came in, is going to make an immediate impact. And probably a legitimate CCAC player of the year candidate. And then Georgetown, I think Georgetown, they had a massive, massive win, just, you know, probably overpowered, but it's a team that's really good. That's been really good. I think you'll continue to see their stock rise. And then finally, I'll continue to let my CCAC bias fly is Braden Flagg from Olivet Nazarene is a kid. 
that's actually local to here where I live. Um, came in last year, Olivet, historically a, a really good program, sat and just sat and learned, right? And, of course, Olivet's had some really good players come through there. Um, but credit to him just kind of sticking it out, right? I, I think, you know, not to be an old man, get off my lawn, but you see guys transfer when things don't necessarily go their way. But credit to him sticking it out. He had 21 over the weekend. So could be, you know, he's like the classic six foot six, long, athletic, probably going to be the next all of that player just to kind of dominate the CCAC. So those are my stock risers. Um, some, you know, chalk answers there with Riley Minix in uh, Oregon Tech, but we'll take it. Yeah, I uh, I like all those. I, I think, uh, um, you know, especially, you know, you could, could have divided the IU South Bend, uh, went up into two different ones there with, with Barney. I think that's a good call out too. his stock uh, after the stats he put up this weekend is definitely up. Um, just a side note on that one, their actual loss uh, this, this weekend was to Rockford. Um, and then Rockford's got a former – NEI head coach, uh, uh, yep. Jim, former national champion. Yeah. Jeremy Regal. Uh, you know, he's, he's had a heck of a coach, man. I tell you what, he's, uh, he went up to presentation up in NEI, uh, up in the, the NSA, the North star, uh, and won, won a conference championship up uh, at presentation. And, and that's, uh, you know, I believe that's the last coach to win a, uh, championship up there. So, um, you know, just a, a lot of respect for what Jeremy Regal has done, uh, throughout his career at many different levels. And so, um, you know, I use South Bend, you know, you can look at that Rockford game however you want to, but, but, uh, just wanted to give a shout out to, to coach Regal, but moving into mine, I, you know, I'll start uh, with a kid and, and this was, this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier in the conversation, uh, earlier on the podcast, but the Jalen Galloway, um, out of Loyola, um, he's a guy that, that was actually at college of Idaho uh, a couple years ago and, uh, was actually an all American and uh, decided that he needed to, to go closer to home and move back. Uh, now at Loyola last year, he kind of played a, a backup role. He had some big time games last year, um, you know, but with as talented as Loyola was last year and, and on the way to national t- title, he kind of took a, um, a different role and, and kind of a, uh, as a role player, just kind of a, a rebounder and, and kind of doing the little, little things. And then, you know, when they called on him to score uh, and, and when they needed him to score in some of the big games, he stepped up and, uh, you know, certainly a guy that, that now with, with all those guys leaving to division one, um, Jalen, Jalen came out of the gates, uh, and dropped a 40 piece in, in game one. And, um, it's good, just good to see him back, you know, in, in a new role after being an all American a couple of years ago, you know, transferring, taking a smaller role, winning the national title. Um, and, and now, you know, getting his chance to shine again as, as one of the elite players on, the, on a good Loyola team. Um, you know, I, I it was good to see him because I, I know, uh, I know that he would probably not trade in his role last year for a national title because that's, you know, he ended up getting a national title, but, uh, um, certainly getting to see what he can do this year right out of the gate. Um, another one that I uh, actually uh, had a, had a big time weekend for uh, Oklahoma Panhandle State's Raekwon Elliott, um, you know, and two, through two games already, he uh, dropped 46 against McPherson uh, and dropped 32 on Bethany. He scored, Is that good? <laughs> and we're, we're only through two games, but, uh, uh, you know, Raekwon Elliott, uh, again, Oklahoma Panhandle State dropping 46 and 32 in back-to-back games is pretty, pretty dang impressive. Um, going back to the stock risers, Indiana Tech uh, finally getting over the hump after seven straight losses. Indiana 
uh, Wesley, and I think that's a, a something that can or can kind of launch them into the season now. Um, you know, if they can continue to win, obviously they'll move up their rankings. But uh, starting off the year with a, a team that has kind of dominated you over the last, past couple of years, um, and finally getting over the the hump and getting that win off your back, um, I, I think that's just a team that is going to continue to to play well during the year. Um, and then I have, I have a, another one that, uh, or another team that I'm I'm really uh, interested in, and that's Menlo. Um, Menlo's a team that uh, they're only going to have six teams in this league make the conference tournament. And that means that some really good teams are not, are going to go home and not make their, the GSAC tournament this year. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to kind of watch this one. And Menlo out of the, uh, Menlo came into the season and are two and zero already, um, you know, on Sunday night, they got a big win over Montana Western, who is, is a really good team uh, in the frontier conference and uh, beat them 84 to 59. So, um, you know, somebody that there's a team that out of California again, that, you know, I hate to keep mentioning all those teams out West, but, uh, you know, this, uh, when you're talking about uh, a GSAC uh, team, that's probably eight or nine deep, uh, of legit teams and only six of them making the GSAC tournament. I think that, uh, you guys start watching some of these teams that may be, you know, middle, middle back of the pack and, and kind of see where they're at. And Menlo is certainly one of them putting them on the stock report or stock rises report hoping that people can listen to and, uh, you know, can find either their name or somebody to relate to, or even somebody to watch, We're trying to find ways uh, for fans that, um, you know, maybe don't have that, that uh, son or daughter playing that at the NAI level. We love NAI basketball. I think that there's so many good teams and good players out there. Um, and the more that we can bring attention to them, I think the best. Speaking of some of those teams, you know, uh, we have a, we're, we're right back at it this week, Pat. And, uh, um, you got a couple games that you're you're keen or you're eyeing into? Well, I mean, to start tonight on Halloween night, the Holy Cross Saints and Notre Dame, Indiana, open up their season against East West. So right off the bat, you know, I have to go there. But putting that aside, I think I hate to go back out west, but St. Catherine versus Vanguard is a matchup out west with two teams that I think you know St. Catherine last year was a, a tough, tough out, and I think again. Two teams that can make a little bit noise, a little bit of noise out west that might play a little bit more, more of a spoiler role uh, when you think about some of those top dogs. But I think that's a, that's a really intriguing matchup to me. And then also Ottawa versus Oklahoma City. I think Oklahoma City coach Barakoff is a friend of the program, but you know another really good matchup there. I think kind of will be an exciting up and down matchup there. So yeah, a couple of really good early ones um, to start. Yeah, I think that uh, entire uh, West Coast trip for uh, Oklahoma City is going to be a fun one. I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. We're going to know a lot about them. Uh, yep. If they have a good one, maybe they'll make the stock riser report too. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to go out. matter of fact, one of my games is Oklahoma City as well. They're going to uh, play neutral court game, but they're going to play against the Masters, uh, who, who uh, look good opening weekend as well. So um, I'm eager to watch that that Oklahoma City team. Uh, they're they're going to play Arizona Christian, the Masters, and – uh, a couple other really good teams out west. So, uh, good good little trip to them. We're going to know a lot about them uh, here coming up uh, time next next week. So, um, definitely watching that one. And then uh, another game that I'll be uh, I'll be uh, kind of circled a little bit and, and make sure that uh, I'm watching is going to be that College of Idaho uh, at Arizona Christian game. It's going to be number one or three, um, and that is on Friday night, November fourth. Uh, number one again, number three, College of Idaho travels to. Uh, number one, Arizona Christian. Uh, it's going to be at 7 p.m. Central Time, I believe. Um, I will make sure, you know, 
you know, we talked about, uh, we, we didn't really talk about Presto, you know, in the mishaps that they had the, a little bit this uh, the opening week. But uh, um, I, I believe all the times uh, on the on the Presto Sports, right now it's at 7 p.m. Obviously, uh, we'll, we'll have more coverage and keep everybody up to date and get links out to watch that game. But uh, um, as, you're, as you're looking at circle some games, uh, uh, Friday, Friday's going to be a fun one with number three versus number one. Um, and then another one I'm kind of interested in uh, and watching is uh, going to be, 8 p.m. on Friday, um, it's going to be William Penn at Briarcliff. Uh, I know Briarcliff's coming off a tough loss. Uh, two presentation, actually, we just mentioned them a little bit ago, but um, this Briarcliff team, man, they were so good last year on the way to the GPAC championship, and um, they just kind of seem to be in every single game. It doesn't matter what it is, and, and last year, they were able to pull out all those wins, um, and, you know, they, I believe, if I remember right, uh, they gave William Penn a scare at William Penn last year, so this must be a return game. Uh, coming in, but uh, um, certainly uh, going to be a fun game, and I think uh, two very, very well coached teams, and uh, one pin's got a lot, of, a lot of tradition and, and uh, strength behind them, and uh, had a big time performance from, from sophomore uh, Malik Edwards uh, this weekend. But uh, um, yeah, I think that's a game to circle too. I think it's going to be a fun one as well. Well, yeah, and then no rush for the weary later that week. Indiana Wesleyan versus Thomas Moore should be another really good one too. There's yeah. A- Earlier in the week, there's a KCAC Heart Challenge and then also the Crossroads League versus CCAC Challenge. So we talked a little bit last week about how we kind of like these little non-conference challenge type things. And so it's good to see a few more of those pop up this week. Yeah, it's it's a – obviously, we're, we see this every week, I think. But it's uh, going to be a great week. Uh, another another big-time stacked uh, game slate uh, as you walk, look all across the board. I mean, there's games that we haven't even talked about uh, just because there's so many of them. Uh, you know, it's, it's just going to be another fun week. So make sure you're, you're obviously on the website paying attention to um, our, our, our articles, www.neihoopsreport.com. Uh, we try to keep you up to date. Uh, I do say, I do want to say, I, I do apologize this weekend. Uh, hit the golf course early. Thought that I had auto posted the, the game links. It's a, it's a very popular uh, article for us. We usually uh, have about five or six hundred people that uh, get on, and, and uh, I know uh, uh, follow the links to watch different games and stuff. And and Saturday of all of all times, uh, Pat, uh, when we had three top twenty-five matchups, uh, didn't for whatever reason the article did not uh, post. It was supposed to post at, uh, at nine a.m. Uh, I got out of the golf course and uh, with a buddy that I hadn't seen in over a year. And uh, when I got done golfing, I realized that the post didn't post. So I do want to apologize to our, our fans. I know that. A lot of you uh, depend on us for that. Uh, um, we will try to figure out why. Uh, usually what we do is we set it up for an auto post uh, when we're not around, and uh, it automatically posts to all of our social media pages and, and all that. So we'll get that fixed and, and apologize again for, for not having that coverage for you. I know a couple people were asking about it, so I do want to address it. But uh, another big week, um, another week we are excited about, and uh, we will Pat and I will have it covered uh, next week for everybody. But until then... Uh, This is Patton Jr. signing off.